0: You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 114. Rob, who the hell is that guy? I, is that Jimmy? <laughs>
1: I don't think so. When Numblebard
2: graced the ride along with Gerald of Rivia, along came the
0: This is the Gimme Five Podcast, a semi entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, and music. Now, you might be wondering, who is this sexy new voice and why have we been depraved of it for so long? I was not wondering that. Well, you hear my name, and now I make my appearance. I am Matt, and I'm joined by your normal host, Greg.
1: We are not normal. And Rob. very very far from normal yeah we're your usual hosts but we are completely abnormal <laughs> to which i say again who the hell is this guy
3: <laughs> well guys we've been all, we ha- we've been what hacked hacked
1: hacked yeah there's a another voice joining the podcast i thought um, you said we've
3: been had i guess that works too
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
3: <laughs> anyway let's let, go, go ahead T- tell them about spoilers this is a review show. There's going to be spoilers. We're going to F it up. If you're going to be mad at us, send your hate mail to Greg. Uh, we're going to talk about The Witcher, and we're going to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Two things that are very
1: spoilerific. Uh, they've also been out, actually, the exact same amount of time. They both came out December 20th. So, we, uh, mm. yeah, we're, and my child is screaming at me again. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't watched them yet, don't be listening
3: now. We're going to talk about them.
1: Well, guys, you know, it's been a while since we last had, like, a regular episode, thanks to the holidays and vacations and all sorts of stuff. mm mm-hmm. uh, So there has been some news. Do you guys have any news to... Uh-
3: <laughs> we started the year with a bang. Uh-oh. And I'm talking a strong contender for Florida Man of the Year on I'm January. i talking about entertainment news. We are going to jump in. Oh, quarter. my oh. God. Well, Florida Man just totally captivated me on day one.
1: <laughs> there, there's quite a few, but any entertainment news? I don't know. I, I, got, I, I got nothing, actually. I got, I got a couple. Uh, they are trailer-related. <laughs> Lock and Key released a trailer. Oh, did Really? Yeah, so Lock and Key it is one of those properties that has been rumored to be a movie, then a TV show, and it was going to be on Hulu, and then like the the first version of it didn't work and all this stuff. Uh, it is a graphic novel series written by Joe Hill, who is well, Stevie King's son, but he's also, he wrote, um, no the one with the four in it. Okay. And a couple other things that have recently actually been optioned and put on TV. Um, but lock and key, it's basically the story of this house and there's a bunch of different doors and there's, these keys that open up different portals and like one portal like kind of kills you instantly, but you become a ghost and you can come back to your body and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting story. It's it's very dark. Uh, The trailer looks deceptively like it could be a fantasy kids show, like a Narnia or something. Oh, that would be terrible. Uh, But the trailer looks good. But until you get very close to the end, you start seeing actual blood. So I do hope that parents are aware of what they're getting into because it is mm-hmm. very dark. Uh, the acting looks good. The settings look good. There's some scenes um, involving the cliffs and the water and those like long stairs that go down that almost look, I don't know how they found a place that looked exactly like what it was, the way it was drawn. Um, so Lock and Key, it's coming out uh, February 7th on Netflix. So I know that will be going to be watching that. I believe uh-huh. it will be a bingeable thing. Uh, I don't know when they filmed it because I, last I heard it was in like development hell. So they snuck that out. Interesting, yeah. So That one's coming out really fast. The other one is New Mutants, which actually was supposed to come out two years ago, and it's been very delayed. And that's going to yeah. Be- they
3: were trying. They were trying to miss a couple of big releases, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they've uh, avoided Deadpool two, and then they avoided mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix. Okay. And then in all of that time, Fox got bought by Disney or merged or whatever you want to call it. So, now Disney has absorbed it. it the official release date is going to be April 3rd, 2020. So, it is almost exactly two years away from when it was supposed to be released. It, uh, the trailer actually looks good. The first mm-hmm. trailer, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, did you guys see that trailer at all? I, I did have, not. I've seen both. I'm still skeptical about the movie. At least the way they're doing it. I think I kind of know what they're going to be doing with the movie. Like, it looks like they're basically trapped in in some, not dimension, but like everything you're seeing is kind of trapped in their own minds kind of thing, I'm guessing. Yeah, almost like an insane asylum. Yeah. Uh, The characters are interesting that they use because those are like the characters that I first started reading when I read X-Men comics. Wolf's Bane, Magic, Cannonball, uh, Sunspot, I think Mirage gonna be in there or Danny Moonstar or whatever. I think she's the main character actually. But uh Wolfsbane is played by Arya herself. Maisie Williams. Ooh. Yeah. Which I kind of like. I don't know. I got she has to get the, the Scottish accent because that was like the big thing with Wolfsbane.
0: I'm actually looking more forward to Ileana Rasputin because I loved magic.
1: Yeah. And the younger sister to Colossus. I love how like how dry she was when like in the comics and like when she would just be like oh yes I killed them I killed all of them <laughs> and she does it in the trailer which is kind of neat I killed them yeah they had some really good comics in the late 80s early 90s for the for New Mutants then it kind of became the X-Force comics which were good but just a a different level because they weren't written by Chris Claremont so
0: New Mutants number 98 first appearance of Deadpool February
1: 1991 Wow! See, that's why he's on there. That's why. That's why we let him sneak onto the podcast because he knows obscure comic book knowledge. He's a nerd. That's why uh, we like him. I think I have that somewhere. I should probably find that and put it in like a slab. So that's the news I got, Rob. You yes. you jumped the gun. I on did. The news.
3: So go ahead. Well, January first we opened up with a bang because there was a guy who was out celebrating apparently for new year's Eve and he went over the top. He was arrested on new year's day. And the title I believe was meth, meth fueled, naked mud covered Florida man fist fights, an officer bites a canine and spits on another officer. And I was like, <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Just he the- almost <laughs> got
1: like was it what's the what's a not the triumvirate but the four like whatever four would be the it. if he had had done anything with an alligator.
3: Yeah, exactly. Go. I was like, "Oh my god. So so the police respond to a call of a guy doing meth. And as the article states, to no one's surprise, he ran into a mobile home. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> So he goes into his mobile home and he comes out just swinging and he starts a fight. Oh, and I forgot he got tased twice and shoved him off like they were like (laughs) tickling him. (laughs) So he starts a fist fight with an officer. He gets tased twice. And this naked mud covered dude runs off into the woods. And the officers are like, I don't want to go chase him. You go. I don't want to go chase. So they wait for backup. Backup shows up. And it involves a canine unit. So they send in the canine. Poor dog. (laughs) This son of a bitch had set up an ambush in the woods and was waiting for them to come get him. (laughs) So so the dog shows up and he jumps on the dog and puts it and puts it in a chokehold basically and bites its ear. (laughs) This is like next level crazy, man. And the dog fight, the dog fought back and actually managed to re- to to bite him on the head. And the the, the officer bit him
1: on the head. There's some there's some scarring.
3: Yeah, the, the officers finally subdue him, and then just to just to check off one more box on that crazy meter, as they're walking him out to the uh, to the police cruiser, he spits on another officer. It's <laughs> like holy shit, dude. <laughs> He has to ascertain his
2: dominance.
1: Yeah, there was there's so much going on there. With the first of all, you don't ever want to fight a canine dog while naked. Uh, so that's <laughs> no. never a good plan. Um, like, just the I fact think- that he set
3: up an ambush just killed me. He, that- <laughs> he he was lying in wait for the officers to come get him. I think that Florida needs like instead of
1: dropping the ball on New Year's Eve, they need to release the naked meth addict from the trailer park. Oh, my God. When he gets bitten by the canine dog, that's when the new year begins. I think we need to maybe sign that up. Let's start a petition.
3: Yeah. And if he doesn't get bitten, we got another month of December. Yes. Yeah. Another week of December with another Christmas or something like that. Yeah. And then we do it all again the next week. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. All right, forget Groundhog Day. It's Florida Man That's mandate. right. <laughs> yeah. So we got – I got another one here. Go for it. Uh, this one happened a little more recently, but, you know, not – I mean, not a week ago. So uh, this one is Florida Woman. Uh, Maguire Marie McLaughlin. First of all, if you go with the triple M name or triple same letter name and you use a last name as a first name. I was going to say her first name is
3: McGuire?
1: Yes, Wow. McGuire Marie McLaughlin. That lady um, never stood a chance. Yeah, she's 19 years old. Uh, she has a very strong jaw and a ridiculous butt chin. Uh, but she was charged with one count of disorderly conduct and one count of resisting arrest after she threatened to rob a McDonald's in Vero Beach. she hey, where I live. <laughs> so do you know this woman? I do You not. actually might be like right. She might be right up your alley, to be honest. Just listen to what she did. Uh, she got angry because she ordered a very large amount of food and then asked for one flavor of every dipping sauce. I and then, know. And uh, when employees told her that the char- those sauces are 25 cents per sauce, which is actually ridiculous. Don't, don't, she's not, she's technically not wrong. Uh, she decided to get the sauce by whatever means necessary. So she's basically, uh, what is it? Uh, quoting Jean-Paul Sartre or whatever his name is, or, or Malcolm X, in order to get free barbecue sauce. And um, uh, they so, of course, she had glossy eyes, slurred speech. And then when the police attempted to arrest her, she tried to resist arrest. Um, but McGuire, 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 Marie McLaughlin. There you go. What's funny is the story Rob mentioned was actually at the bottom of the story, (laughs) like the link to it. Oh, really? Yeah. Or like halfway through, you know, when they do that. That dude was apeshit crazy, man. Um, I loved that story. I shared that with a bunch of people. (laughs) This is the Give Me Five podcast telling you don't do meth.
3: Or do it. Give us Or do it. Give us more stories.
1: (laughs) No, don't do meth. Not even once. But if you do, we will talk about you. Oh, we will.
2: It's going to happen. Yeah.
1: Okay. Speaking of things that are going to happen, I think it's time to talk about Star Wars. Way later than every other podcast has talked about Star Wars. Oh my God, yeah. We have to stand out. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about the first Star Wars. No, we're going to talk about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker which was released uh, December 20th, almost, uh, well, not almost a month ago, but a half a month ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, Directed by J.J. Abrams, starring a whole bunch of people and Carrie Russell. (laughs) I just felt like writing it that way because she was kind of the new one that they added. Uh, And a bunch of cameos that we've seen. Uh, The synopsis. Straight from the mouths of IMDb and the Star Wars people, the surviving members of the Resistance face the First Order once again. And the legendary conflict between the Jedi and the Sith reaches its peak, bringing the Skywalker saga to its end. So we're going to do some initial thoughts. All right, I'll
0: start us off. Yeah. Visually, it was a fantastic movie. Uh, plot wise, no.
3: <laughs> okay, Rob? I agree. Visually, it was it was stunning. It was very enjoyable. I, I liked this one much better than the other two in the recent trilogy. Um, it, but there the the claim that they that they made is untrue. Which claim? Bringing the Skywalker saga to its end. There's. Still, still a new beginning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's still a Skywalker. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But I also enjoyed it. But
1: I think it was, in a way, a very big movie that tried to cram a lot in there and didn't give enough uh, space for the important stuff to breathe. Again, there was a lot of coincidence stuff, which they—that's just a Star Wars thing. We were talking galaxies and universes and all this stuff, and people can find everything they need right away. There were some great sequences in this, and I think they were very obviously hamstrung by what they were left with, mm-hmm. both from the previous movie and also from uh, Carrie Fisher dying, because there was some there were some parts in there. This kind of happened and very abruptly. For no reason. And I thought that that hurt the movie. So I did. I wrote down some things that I wanted to talk about. I'm not sure if you guys have other things. Um, you know, I think that we've touched on a little bit. The the overall story, Matt, I will. I'm going to go Matt, not with not your uh, game name. Uh, what uh, did you like stuff about the story? Rob, you sort of like the story. I sort of like the story. You seem to not like the story.
0: Now, are we talking about the story of just this movie or of the entire trilogy? This movie. Yeah, this movie. The overall story, to me, it seemed like a repeat of the original trilogy, episode five and six. And we have certain elements that are just essentially repeating. Um, the movie itself was definitely better than
1: seven and eight but I was still really let down. I thought, and I've said this kind of when I did my opening, that a lot of the extra stuff that they threw in these movies, as I said before, kind of they kind of took away from some of the impactful moments. Uh, again, most of this was the movie before it, but there was like a few little sequences in there that I was like, I didn't realize the importance of it until I read the visual dictionary like after the fact i'm trying to think of one specifically but i can't at the moment which kind of says something but then there was these moments that i was like oh cool this is one of the coolest versions of this character that i've seen so like like ray had some awesome moments uh kylo ren had some awesome moments of course ray and kylo had a what i thought was a terrible moment but we'll definitely get to that Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and don't forget everyone's fan favorite rose
1: tico yeah, who had like four lines, and people complained about it. I'm like, well, if they put if they squish that in there, like there's really nothing for her to do, unfortunately.
3: Like, I don't it, know. If- that's that's essentially what her char- her character is just an ancillary character. I mean, she's not she's not a star. She's not you know, mm-hmm. it, that's what it is. So, yeah, like you know, people
1: complained that she didn't have a bigger part, but like it, the movie was already huge. Right. Like it would have to get rid of something. Like maybe the little
3: dude.
1: Yeah. But like, I I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't miss her. And I'm not one of those like anti Rose Tico. No, it just, it it was, she's not a main character. She had about as much of a part in this movie as like Nian Num did in Return of the Jedi. And he did like, you knew nothing about him. All of a sudden he was just flying the Millennium Falcon.
3: Yeah. So,
1: um, so I thought this movie did some pretty decent – a pretty decent job fixing some of the issues from The Last Jedi, which was sort of, it, I think, what J.J. Abrams was brought back for.
3: Yeah, and and I, I did hear somebody refer to – or talking about this, this trilogy in particular, and the best way to describe this trilogy would be Abrams versus Johnson.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And because it it really seemed like this trilogy was a a war of two directors. One director wanted to go one way, and another director wanted to go another, and they couldn't get a cohesive story between the two of them. So one director set stuff up, the other director just cleared the table, and then the other director came back and had to reestablish what he had set up in the first movie. I would have much yeah, I would have much preferred if Abrams had just told the whole trilogy because then we we would have gotten I believe we would have gotten a completely different third movie. I think I think it would have been a less overstuffed third movie
1: cuz some of the stuff wouldn't have had to be in there. Uh, right. There's actually a a really good article I read recently. Um it was uh on Forbes and it the article is called uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker didn't just fix The Last Jedi, it erased it. And it basically talks about how, like, there's so many little changes in there that technically you could watch the f- the first one and the third one. And there's really not anything from The Last Jedi that you really need to know. Like, other than the mention of the Holdo maneuver. Which was like the best part of
3: that other movie. Or the but, fact
0: that Luke Skywalker is dead.
3: yeah. But are Force ghosts ever really dead? Dead? I mean, yeah. they're still there.
1: And the powers that they... I mean, this I was not expecting to talk about this, but since you mentioned it, Rob, mm-hmm. the Force ghost thing, like, they've started... Like now, all of a sudden, Force ghosts are, like, tangible, too. So it's, like, really, like, they're not dead at all. Because, like, them, they were never tangible before. What are you talking or, about? Like, like Luke can actually catch a lightsaber when he's a Force ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. So, like... They, they've, they keep on raising the level of the force, which is interesting. So it makes – in a way, I was, I was having a, quest, a conversation with a neighbor of mine because that's what I do You know, when I'm walking the dog and we end up talking about Star Wars. And someone's like, well, who's the most powerful? And what's interesting is some of these characters that are considered the most powerful have less powers shown on screen or shown in the books or whatever mm-hmm. than what you've seen like Kylo Ren do. But that's uh, because of the technology that they have to show it in the movies. <laughs> like they're like well is Darth Vader more powerful than Kylo Ren it's like yeah but Kylo Ren was stopping laser blasts with the force and you never saw anyone else do that right or was transporting
3: objects across the galaxy so so a simple fix i actually i think i think they could have just bridged the gap and and just done it differently as opposed to him catching the lightsaber um, when she throws the lightsaber, if Luke were to just use the Force to stop the lightsaber, yeah, so it's like kind it's of, like an invisible barrier, and then kind of float it back to her. Mm-hmm. That that probably would have that probably would have fixed the the problem that you had yeah. at least. Yeah, well, it was it was less of a problem. It was just it's it's weird that like
1: it's like you you've said with um when they do prequels, as when a prequel movie comes out so much later than the original movie, mm-hmm. the technology inevitably looks better in the stuff that's supposed to be older. Regardless right. of what the movie is, and it's kind of like this.
3: Well, and and like I've like I've said multiple times, um, especially as as it relates to like Game of Thrones and stuff like that, I I have a hard time with with series or shows or whatever that are thousands of years apart that still have the same technology. Wait until the new trilogy when we get the Old Republic. All right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, now, now, granted. I mean, is there, is there a point where, you know, the technology kind of just slows down? Like you have the big breakthrough and then everything kind of slows down for, you know, decades or whatever. Um, that's, in, that's entirely possible, but I mean, thousands of years. And that's, that's one of the things that I was like, really with Game of Thrones, because they were talking about doing the, the prequel. To, you know, to Game of Thrones, like the founding of of the empire. But that was like thousands of years ago. And it's like, well, this Game of Thrones is still in a medieval type society. I mean, it, it, their technology hasn't advanced in thousands of years. I mean, they're not so. They just made giant
1: orries that spun around in a library in like the southern isles or something.
3: Right. But you don't know that that's that that's not controlled by magic, which is one of yeah, the true. things that they no longer understand, which is what they would have had. so I mean I guess you could say you know that magic kind of collapsed and there really isn't any magic left so they haven't figured out so they kind of start they went back to the stone age and had to rebuild up and they're just now and they were just now getting back to where they were but you don't have that same argument in in the star wars universe
2: Mm -hmm.
3: what if there's
0: no need to advance what if you're at a point where you're doing everything comfortably and advancing just doesn't make sense then you would just stay at the same point because you know everything's going to work the way it is.
3: Well, but I mean, with all that we've seen in the Star Wars universe, I mean, with with people being being poor and being in poverty and systems being oppressed by other systems, I mean, they, they still have war and dictatorships and Down stuff like that, and- right? And I I mean, and stuff to you know. So, I mean, I got to believe that there's always a need to advance.
1: Yeah. You see, I mean, based on all of the stuff you see, they'll show different planets and there's some planets that are still completely untouched. Yeah, they're completely untouched. Or then there's the the planet. I don't know what planet it was. I'm sure it's listed somewhere. But the the snowy one where they go to meet Babu Frick, Mm -hmm. like that was a pretty cool looking planet. Oh, because yeah, that one with apparently one of the dudes that walks by is Kevin Smith one of the one of the aliens i think the one that peeks out of his door and then like pops back in when the when the first order dudes are like harassing people i think that was mm-hmm. Kevin Smith but anyway um, some of the issues they did fix from last jedi uh, the snoke death where or what snoke was or is or who he is uh, apparently he was just a clone to to control uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, yeah. You know, so basically, the Emperor Palpatine, who, like if you didn't notice in the trailer, not quite dead, not doing great, uh, probably he's a manicure, but he uh, created this this Snoke clone and or the Snoke creature that he used to control Kylo Ren. Um, that was one of the things they fixed. They, of course, fixed Ray, like the the whole who Ray was. They fixed Luke not caring about being a Jedi. And it was a couple other things too. Too bad they could have fixed that milk scene. Oh uh, yeah. No, yeah. Can never unsee that.
3: There was, was, a, porg it. It was a Porg. in your in movie.
1: Yeah. They didn't. Uh, I believe you said lustily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they left. There was at least a Porg in the movie. So I was happy there. And we got our Ewoks. Yeah. I got to see some Ewoks again. And it was Wicket played by. Uh, played by. Yeah. Warwick Davis which was great that was that was a good thing
3: so Palpatine's return and by the way the other Ewok that he was with was supposedly Wicket's son Ooh, Ooh. Twicket Wicket (laughs) Wicket and I actually and I actually think it was actually played by Warwick Davis's son really that's cool I like that I'm gonna call him Wacket. Cause. At least, at least, that's what I heard. Huh. So I, I have not verified that at all, but that was one of the things that I had heard. Mm-hmm. So were you guys happy that
1: Palpatine returned? Would you like? Hmm?
3: I'm different. different I well, I mean, he was he was kind of left with with you know mm-hmm. no real big bad to deal with being that Snoke being that Johnson had killed off Snoke in the in the second movie, and it's like, well, okay, so I mean, what do you do? So you have to create somebody else who's who's behind all the machinations, so to speak. And I mean as opposed to just coming up with somebody that we've never heard of before and and being like, oh, well, you know, this guy's been, you know, controlling everything behind the scenes. I mean, it, it kind of made sense, but it, it almost feels like a cop out.
0: I mean, it sort of also ties in with, the, with his whole backstory and being the apprentice to Darth Pelagius. And so surviving yeah. death and then coming
1: out now, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Yeah, it was hinted at a lot. You know what? What you said—the the Darth Plagueis thing, where he's like, "Oh, he was able to cheat death," and so that was that was there. Um, there was—it's not canon anymore, but there was a Dark Empire, the the Dark Horse series, the first Dark Horse series they did. Uh, it was all about a Emperor Palpatine clone. There was cloning stories, so I think it was they had it in mind that to to begin with, uh, the Dark Empire story actually—Luke gets turned by him. Uh, it's a pretty decent story. It's like a fully painted comic. It's very hard to find now because it's it's Dark Horse and Disney owns, it, owns uh, all the rights to Star Wars comics now. Mm-hmm. But it's a pretty good story. So I wasn't actually overly surprised by it. Um, Yeah, you're right. There was no big bad. It does, in a way, lessen the impact of Darth Vader's uh, sacrifice. Yes. And... But sequels tend to do that anyway. It's like we gave up everything to win this.
3: Oh, oh wait, they're more?
1: still here. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, you can say that about the end of like New Hope. And then when it made all that money, they're like, "Oh crap, where do we go from here?" <laughs> yeah, good thing Vader's ship flipped off into nowhere. Um, and Palpatine's return is also ties in with the truth about Rey. Now, I liked all of this stuff, but it occurred to me that like Palpatine's plans always need to have so much stuff go right that it gets a little bit ridiculous. Like Ray has to be here at a certain time and Kylo Ren has to do this and that we need to do this and that. And like There's just a lot of planning, like in, even the first movies too.
3: Right. But by the same token, if you're somebody who can manipulate the forces expertly as Palpatine does mm-hmm. and actually influence events you know, around the galaxy, it becomes a little less implausible. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it's still a huge monumental feat, but given the fact that he can actually manipulate the force and manipulate actions and events to coincide or to nudge things the way that he wants them to go, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit more plausible. Yeah, but
1: like this stuff, there's stuff he can't control. Like, I mean, obviously they couldn't do it because she was the main character, but like this was assuming that Ray wouldn't die at some point in her entire life while unaware of who she is on an island or that nobody would go to the old death star and while scavenging around, which clearly they they were doing and would randomly find that one Sith like what is it? Wayfinder.
0: Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a holocron.
1: Yeah. It's like a holocron wayfinder thing. So it's like, there's just some little things where like, I wish things were a little more hidden, a little more difficult to push the story along. But again, that would just lead to longer movie. Um,
3: Well, but for that. I mean, but to be to be fair, though, for them to find that wayfinder, I mean, they had to get swallowed up by by like quicksand. So, I mean, it's not like it was just laying around for anybody to find. I mean, it was fairly well buried. Well, I was referring to the one that was in Palpatine's like throne room. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because when they were on the
0: desert planet, they were going after the Jedi hunter
3: yeah but but it was also behind a somewhat secret door that not everybody would necessarily know about or be able to find and if Palpatine can control that and keep that locked so that nobody can actually get in until Ray gets there or his designated person gets there because don't forget if something were to happen to Ray I mean this wasn't necessarily Palpatine's only contingency plan I mean he could have had multiple ones in the works and this one just came to fruition yeah and of course we we didn't say it yet but the movie, says it is Ray is actually
1: uh, Palpatine's daughter or granddaughter. Grandda- granddaughter, yeah. That, uh, Palpatine got busy. He did with somebody who we have no idea who that is. Yeah. So the 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 family tree of the Skywalkers and the Palpatines is a little weird <laughs> because technically they've they've said it recently that Vader or Anakin was born by the machinations of Palpatine
0: yes uh Palpatine uh meddled with the midi-chlorian count inside schnee Skywalker
3: and thus Anakin. yeah and that was so, that was actually put out in one of the comics I guess yeah, correct it was in the comic uh the Vader comic I think mm-hmm. most
1: recently right it was like the month right before the thing the and, came out.
3: and we actually talked about that on this podcast when we were talking about the Mandalorian Mhm. So that's that
1: makes Palpatine Anakin's father. I don't know, it's it's a long convoluted thing which is weird and, you know, and very significant to the story of baby Yoda. Uh, everything should be significant to the story of baby Yoda. Goddamn adorable little thing. God, he's he really is. Uh the visuals of revisiting the, the Death Star were one of my favorite things of this movie. I did like it quite a bit. It was very cool seeing that style, again, seeing the destruction, um, they specifically put it not on on Endor because there's been a lot of stories of like, if something that big landed on Endor, it would have caused mass deaths and stuff like that. So they put it on- It would a have moon.
3: obliterated the moon. Yeah.
1: So they put it on like another moon or a planet that Endor was rotating around or something. Uh, there is, I mentioned this as well, the, the death of Carrie Fisher did affect the movie quite a bit. Uh, so- Leia had a reduced part, one of which was actually a flashback, which I thought was kind of neat. I I saw it. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And then I saw the movie again. I'm like, "That's actually really cool." Talking about like, the one where battle. Luke
3: was training Leia,
1: yeah. Because you never, really, I never really thought about Leia like training as a Jedi because she was she was she did have the Force. She was Force sensitive or Force manipulative. Force. She had the Force, uh, and they show her training with Luke. And when she's just about to finish her training. She gets a site, basically a sign that her son is going to die as a result of her becoming a Jedi. Or is that what it is? It's die, I think she says. So she quits her training and goes off to do something different, which is, I, I thought that was very, very interesting. Uh, this week, actually, it came out that that part, that section was played by Carrie Fisher's daughter, which is very cool. Uh, Billy Lord. Mm hmm. So, which had to be really, really freaking hard. Well, she was.
3: But, she was also in the movie as well. Yeah, she's in the
1: movie, but like, she was the stand-in for her own mother who recently passed. That mm-hmm. can't be easy. Um, they said that it was. Very, it was a difficult scene for her to shoot, but it was a very. I, I actually, that was one of my the scenes I liked a little bit, little more than other ones in this movie. Mm-hmm. And seeing a younger Mark Hamill again. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do enjoy the young Mark Hamill. <laughs> Forget how much of a badass he was. And not weird, creepy-looking Master Luke drinking blue milk directly from the nipple of a space walrus. <sighs> so, the ending. Okay, so we ever? Yep. Yeah, okay, I think yeah. We can we can jump up there. So, which aspect of the ending? So. We haven't talked too much about Plox. We think we're assuming everyone has seen the movie. Basically, they, they do convene on this dark uh, d- uh, Sith planet, which has been rumored to exist. But apparently Palpatine has been building up there. And he has a giant ass fleet. Where does he get all the fucking people for this thing? well they mention a lot that he was that he stole people and kids from other planets the first order has been basically stealing people from other planets um here's where i have a lot of problems with the movies and this is sort of part of what you guys were saying with like it's a reskin version of the earlier movies and with more graphics and more better bigger whatever uh the stuff that they did in this movie made it unbelievable like there were so many star destroyers it's like, who built them? There was... Uh, how did they... Yeah, uh, how did they man them? Like, and if it was people stolen from other planets, did the good guys just ev- eviscerate millions of people's children that were conscripted? Yes. Because <laughs> that makes them less of the good guys.
0: I mean, they he did have 30-odd years to amass this fleet, But a giant plot hole is they talk about how there are two Wayfinders. The first one we found on Mustafar at the very beginning. And -hmm. then the second one was in the Vault of the Death Star. So how did Palpatine get there?
1: It's true. Or unless he made the Wayfinders after getting there. Like who brought him there? Yeah, so it was actually interesting because they they were very careful to make Kylo Ren not completely all evil throughout the movies because that's how you kind of knew he was going to like have a turn
3: Mm -hmm.
1: because he refused to kill his mom. He killed his dad, but his dad kind of gave himself up. Um, Even all of the people he kills at the beginning of this movie on Mustafar, which is apparently healing now that Vader's gone, the big lava planet, like all of them were actually Sith like cultists if you look it up. So it's like, well, he did some bad things, but at least the people he did them to in this case were bad. Evil Um, is still evil, yes. So, I thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah, there was that. And but I still think, even with 30 years, that was a lot of freaking star destroyers. That's a lot of having of getting materials. I mean, even the area where all of these cultists were in this like upside down pyramid looking thing, where the hell were they like? Where was the infrastructure there? Like, what did they eat? Like, I know it's stupid, but like. Like there wasn't even a freaking parking lot outside. So if all these people came from other planets, like we saw the landscape, we saw the pyramid. How did they get there? I mean, all
0: the star destroyers were Empire design, though, and not first order design. So they so yeah. like they could be remnants from the old Empire.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they had the big, uh, the big cannons. Basically, they were these giant star destroyers that actually had planet killing. Uh, I was going to say software, but that's not what I meant. (laughs) Planet killing weaponry lasers on the bottom. So I thought that was, it was a little unbelievable. I kind of think that a movie would actually have been better with half of the amount of them. And it was, it would have been still imposing, but less over the top. So I guess maybe all those dudes came from the Star Destroyers? Like, there's faceless people that were in the crowd that you saw, like when they were going to turn Rey? I don't know.
3: Well, there was also some speculation that that those people weren't actually real people. There there was also some speculation that all of the the Sith cultists were actually – almost like force ghosts themselves or manifestations created by Palpatine. Cause you couldn't, you never saw a face, right? That they were manifestations created by Palpatine to o- basically overwhelm Ray and, and, you know, okay. That, that can make sense. They were just spectators. There was no one walking around selling popcorn. Right. I mean, th- it was, it was just like bleachers upon bleachers filled with, with figures. So, yeah. I mean, you never really got a close up. I don't even know that even when the place exploded that we ever saw anybody, like, go down or get thrown thrown or anything and like all the that. statues, like, fall
1: on top of them. But it was like the statues kind of wiped the screen. Right. They, they almost right. reminded me as the way they showed them, like, uh, the Harry Potter ghost things, the the Dementors. Mm-hmm. Like, just the, the way they were kind of always in motion, but not really. I don't know. It was... It was interesting, but again, it made me – it pulled me – all of this stuff pulled me out of the movie because I was like, how did this happen? How Like, where did these dudes go to the bathroom? Like (laughs) – Speaking of Harry Potter, the
0: woman who was moaning Myrtle from the second movie voiced Babu Frick.
3: Really? Oh, nice. That I did not know. Nice little tidbit there for you. Yeah.
1: Uh. So basically, there's this, we kind of didn't get to it, but there's a giant space battle. All of these Star Destroyers, the uh, resistance, I guess, what's left of it is sort of getting torn up. They're mm-hmm. hoping upon hope that uh, someone else will help them. And then this giant fleet shows up, led by the Millennium Falcon. Lando kind of helps things out. And this giant fleet shows up with a bunch of kick-ass ships from all of the, the trilogies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really would love to see. I I bought the that book, the the dictionary thing, like in hopes that they would like break down all of the ships that were in there. Uh, the one we obviously all saw was the ghost. Uh, what other ones did you guys
3: notice in there? I I didn't I didn't notice any in particular ones. I just saw like types of ships. I mean, mm-hmm. the the A wings, the U wings, the um. <sighs> There were actually X wings in there as well, weren't there? Mm-hmm. I thought I saw a bunch of them. Yeah, they yeah there's were some X wings. I thought I saw.
1: Um, well, I did. I did see the bombers from Rogue One in there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I did see um, one of the hammerheads from that from that movie as well, uh, as well as the uh, what was it the um, the uh, cargo ship that Han was flying. At the beginning of the the first of these three movies, but going back to
0: the X wings, yeah, we had Rebels and Resistance X wings. Because at the very end, we see the little snippet with Wedge and Tilly's making his return. Yeah, I, I
1: did like seeing Wedge. I was like, Wedge. Uh, so there's that going up in the sky, and Palpatine has not changed much from the first movie because he still does that same thing where he sits there on his throne and tells whoever he's trying to turn to look up and see your friends dying and if you join me that will stop he's like a i don't know he's like a dude that's only got one move you know like uh ah, come back to my place i'll show you my whatever and then like well, that's kind of- so much well, but, this time as hoisted well, he was he was being hoisted by some sort of life-saving device but right
3: but he he's also hoping that she will that that she will give in to the anger basically and that he mm-hmm. then his spirit can can inhabit her body i, mm-hmm. I guess is what yeah. he was going for yeah now was he surprised about this duopoly thing
1: because didn't he know everything the dyad yeah because he seemed surprised but like i thought he knew that apparently not apparently
3: not or like, did they and become a dyad because of the like one the whole of dyad dying? thing? I and I, I didn't really understand it when they explained it either. Yeah, it, like they, I guess the these two just have a stronger connection or something. I I I don't I don't know. Well, they're able to teleport objects. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I mm, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was like a family
1: related thing, or I don't know. Yeah, I need to like see the the line where they t- describe it and determine what it is. Um, I thought that the kiss was ridiculous. So uh, Ray is about to die. Uh, she hears the voices of all of the past Jedi, including Ahsoka Tano, which is awesome, and Qui-Gon and... Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah.
3: Which yeah. Which also, by the way, establishes that Ahsoka Tano is in fact dead. Yep. Uh,
1: Luke, everybody. You hear all of these voices, Yoda, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, even kan- uh, Kanan or Kanan. It's Kanan, right? Yep. Kanan. Yeah. Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. So all of them, you hear all their voices. She gets up. This is, I thought that the look on her face was great uh, when she did that. And I'll get to that in a second as well. Uh, she gets up and goes after Palpatine with, of course, two lightsabers. Um, both, it's Luke's and Leia's, right? Yes. Yeah, um, they mm-hmm. do some transporting things. They do some cool stuff, and um, eventually takes it down. But it's on at some point. She and Kylo Ren kiss to like, and it, like everyone in the theater went, ugh. Which I thought was, and I was like, oh come on, don't do that. Like, I don't know. Just I thought it was unnecessary and just uh, like it didn't need to be there. She's
3: been. <laughs> I know well, they hinted I at mean- it. But. i mean they've they've been they've been working towards that the last two movies, and I guess it was something that they couldn't just ignore because the tension between them has been kind of ridiculous um so I mean I didn't really have as much of a problem with that the i <laughs> I thought for sure at the end of the movie they were just gonna start trading life like right back and forth yeah, now I'm dead, oh now I'm dead, oh now I'm dead, no, you have to live no, you have to live, no, you have yeah. to live. <laughs>
1: Actually, I've heard multiple people say that they think that it should have been the other way around.
3: That Kylo should have lived?
1: That, yeah. Now, I know they couldn't have done it just because of what they did with, you know, with Ray and the character they created with Ray. But if Kylo lived and he would have had to, in a way, carry on the Skywalker name knowing that what he had done and would have to live like in penance. And that would, mm-hmm. I thought that actually would have been a more interesting ending. But. And I'm not one of those like, complaints about Disney like taking over Star Wars. I don't. I think that yeah, I'm fine. You know, I've seen Rogue One. Disney didn't do anything wrong there. <laughs> no, I've seen I've seen The Mandalorian again. Disney nothing wrong. I've there are parts in these three movies that I think Disney did not have a problem with. But but the, there was
3: I, I, I I'm the, I'm going to be totally sexist here because there was there was no way that they were going to kill off Ray because the main character was a female and they couldn't do that. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's there's a. Uh, they absolutely could not have done it because there's there's
1: female or male there's just too many freaking costumes they can sell at the theme parks you know there's too many little girls that have a character to look up to and can you imagine like a 7 year old seeing a character that they
3: love like and dressed I'm, up as for halloween well, I, i'm guy? i'm talking more about the social backlash of actually killing the female lead I think I,
1: it's true, but I think it's more on the marketing side of things.
3: Well, that's that's I'm not denying that that was probably part of it as well. Yeah. But I mean, by the same token, they could have been selling uh, Kylo costumes as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of little boys out there too. Yeah,
1: and there's also, but there's also um, he was technically the bad guy, so bad guy has to die. Come on,
3: but the bad guys are cool. <laughs> Now, how about this? Would it have would it have been better if the roles had been reversed and Ray had actually been Kylo and Kylo had been Ray, and then Ray survived?
1: Ooh. Yeah, it would have been fine.
3: Like if if Rey had been the Skywalker and had fallen to the dark side and Kylo had actually saved her, brought her back and ended up trading his life for hers and she lived on? You would have that way the, you would have gotten your story and then Disney still would have had that would have
1: happened in the second movie to give it time to breathe. Mm-hmm. So it didn't just happen and then happen and switch back in the same movie. I mm-hmm. think it would have been good.
3: No, no. I mean, if the if their roles had been reversed from the very beginning. So Ray would have been the daughter of Leia
0: and Han and Kyra right. would have been the grandson of Palpatine.
1: Yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah, I think I'd be OK, I been okay with that. We'll see you later on. I'm I'm okay with uh, uh, with some uh, Sith leaning women. Darth Talon. Some some Sith sisters.
3: So all all in all, Greg, what what did you think of this movie?
1: All things considered, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it more the second time I saw it. Uh, the first time I saw it, there was there was so much going on. Like, how did they get here? How do they know to go here? And then you like the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, this person had an, a line here that explained how they knew like Lando showing up randomly and it's like, Oh, he was called. And then just a couple well, other no,
3: they, things. Well, they, they also explained it te- technologically as well. I mean, they, they set up the way that they led them through the. Yeah. yeah. But I,
1: some of that stuff you didn't catch. Like I didn't catch the first time.
3: Oh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So I did enjoy it. Um, I would have liked what you said for like one person to kind of carry the story all the way through so that it wasn't uneven hmm but um i was in a way like as much as i love these characters i'm ready to for other stories in that universe that don't involve any of the characters i know hmm uh, like which is i think one of the reasons why the mandalorian is is pretty popular because you're not they, stepping on other characters like there's very few crossover characters if any at this point they completely tarnished general Hux. <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty funny The, the General Hux is the spy and mm-hmm. getting blasted but when they were falling
0: through the quicksand Finn said he wanted to say something do you know what he was going to say
1: Uh, I'm g- assuming that they were going to hint that he was force sensitive
0: yeah they did confirm it in a tweet afterwards that yeah he was force sensitive it was not that he loved Ray
1: so yeah because they're because they show him later on, like you know, understanding that something was happening with Ray or she's okay, or I forget exactly what it was, but he or maybe he knew when Leia died, said it. There was something that he knew. No, when when,
3: when Ray fell down, he felt it. Okay. Right. But I also have a problem with that because in in a moment of impending doom. Is that really the I mean, is that what you absolutely have to tell somebody? Oh, no, you can't die. I have to tell you I'm force sensitive. No, I, I disagree. And why would he have told his best friend that? I, I, I really kind of I really I felt like he was trying to tell her that he loved her. But. Then it's the love triangle. Well, you know, it creates the love triangle. Oh, yeah,
1: shit. If I'm ever for, if I ever find out I'm force sensitive, I'm telling like my cashier at Publix.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's also not something that you're going to wait and save until somebody's dying and you're like, yeah. oh, I have to tell you. No. Yeah,
1: that's still what the screenwriter said. So.
3: I, yeah, I, I don't buy it. I think I think a lot of and and I don't know that you can actually buy what the screenwriter say because this even in this trilogy alone, there's been so much shit that's been retconned. So there's so much stuff that after the fact they've changed. So I don't know that you can actually buy that. So uh, uh, Matt, take us out of here.
1: Unless everyone has said what they has said their piece about, Did you give any, me a five ranking. Uh, it, it's a Star Wars movie. I'm gonna see it first day in the theater. You have to see it first day. Yeah, IMAX because- 3D. I saw it in IMAX, on uh, I don't like 3D. Oh, actually, yeah, this is another thing we did not discuss. And Rob was – this is a part where Rob was right. Uh, he mentioned the 4D, the 4D theater. Oh, what, yeah. What movie did you see in 4D? Was it like oh, – I
3: don't uh, know. It was an, no, it, it was an action flick. Okay, and so I hated
1: he, it. So they have this 4D thing, and I was like, okay, well, it, I could get tickets not at midnight to see it. And I'm like – so I went there, and you're sitting. I walk in, and I realize the seats are on hydraulics. Mm-hmm. I see these giant fans and these like scented things and they do that thing that's like so it's um, 40X is what it's called and so I I'm like okay and I sit down and I realize that like your feet are like on these like pet pads that are attached to the front of the seat and like okay and what it's supposed to do is like I thought it was going to vibrate a little bit when the movie was having stuff happen
3: maybe and, lean or shake uh, one way or the other or something it like just that Just like jolt like a, a slightly harder than a like a bass speaker or something.
1: Right. So they do the thing at the beginning where it's the, um, like they do with Dolby, you know, the show off the technology at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And It's like this like action sequence and it starts off in like a cafe or a diner and like the person gets thrown through a window and the seats like moving around and like your eyes can't focus on the screen at all. Cause it's like, like it was shaking me all over the place. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm going to get sick, like really sick. Like I started getting dizzy and then they, of course, he got crashed through cafe. So this thing has sense. So they give you this smell of like eggs and bacon. And I'm like, Oh God, like I'm going to barf. So, and then there's like fans and then like he lands on a puddle or something happens where you get sprayed with water. I think someone throws coffee at somebody. I don't know. It was a thing. I was, I was worried about like, I'm going to barf. So I actually bailed on my first show and I went and I was like, because it was an 11 o'clock showing, there was a midnight showing. I'm like, I walked out. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to be a person. that I, I'm i I'm sure you've seen a lot of these people, but I'm going to be someone. I can't do that moving shit because I'm going to get nauseous. And the manager of the theater actually said I was the first person to ever walk out in a, in the three weeks that had been open. Hmm. They were fun of my money. So whatever. But
3: yeah, I, I hate 4DX. It is, it is not comfortable. I literally was almost thrown out of my seat during the movie. I yeah, was like, did. this is I, ridiculous. I, I, when that thing came on, I just sat down and there.
1: I put my popcorn in the seat next to me and I had to catch my popcorn and it launched my 3D glasses out of the seat because I didn't grab that. So 4DX, no, not for me. I know they're trying to do find, find new ways to make some you know, theaters more interesting to people that can like watch streaming, but uh, that is not for me. <laughs> no.
3: Okay. I would say definitely see it in the theater. It is worth it is worth opening day admission. I would say go see it in IMAX. You don't necessarily need 3D, but go see it in IMAX. It is visually stunning. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was better than the first two, and it, it it's not over. I mean, Ray takes the name of Skywalker at the end of the movie. So yeah, but she's yeah. not on contract. <laughs> right. No, no, no. But but you know what I'm saying? I mean, there, the, the the big thing about this was that, oh, the end of the Skywalker saga. And it's like, well, that's only because you don't want to make any more movies because it's not like the, the saga ended. It's just you're like, well, you know, we're moving on. So, well, I mean, the title of
1: the movie was Rise of Skywalker. So I kind of knew it was going to end with a Skywalker taking the mantle.
3: Right, but I don't understand how they touted this as the end of the Skywalker Saga uh, without actually ending the Skywalker Saga. Mm-hmm. So
0: hopefully we get a comic or a book series, like, continuing on.
1: Because she's a Skywalker in name, but not by blood, which is one right. thing. Okay, so... I mentioned streaming. We are going to talk a little bit about a streaming show. Rob and I talked about this on our last episode saying that it was really good, but confusing as shit.
3: Super confusing.
1: Yeah. That is the Witcher. That is the Witcher. It is on Netflix. It also debuted on December 20th of 2019. The, uh, I think the tagline actually is really good, but confusing as shit. I think that's actually what it's, what it says. Uh, starring Henry Cavill, Freya Allen, Anya Chalatra, and all of them, it, the casting is great.
3: And let me let me just say that with this casting, there was a huge miss, huge miss. Because Henry Cavill's Witcher, to me, if I close my eyes, is what Batman should have been. Instead of the Christian Bale, hey, I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> Like but, uh, but Henry Cavill's Henry Cavill's um uh Geralt is to me what Batman should have sounded like. And I was like, Oh my god, he like, should have been Batman. Like <laughs> gruff, but not fake gruff. Right, right. And I I loved listening to his voice throughout throughout the uh the show. And while Henry Cavill makes an excellent Superman, I, I think he would have made a fantastic Batman as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, can, I actually uh, can see that's not what I would have thought of immediately, but mentioning it, yeah. Henry the- Cavill should have been Batman. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. <laughs> he was a very hairy Superman. <laughs> so uh, the synopsis of the show, Geralt of Rivia, a solitary monster hunter, struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beasts. Uh, and let's go with initial thoughts.
3: I like the idea. I – I was – I literally was lost for like the first, I don't know, four or five episodes. I kept turning to, to Jimmy, my uh, my friend, and I was going, what the fuck is going on? I don't – I don't understand how – what is going on? <laughs> he couldn't explain Wait, it to me either. That's only, that city just
1: fell. Why is it back? Or. Well, as we mentioned, I think last episode as well. The, the problem is is that some of the characters don't age, right? That's and other ones, and other ones do. But the characters that are on the screen most of the time—that is, uh, uh, Geralt and Yennefer—they're mm-hmm. the ones that don't age. So you kind of—it's
3: very hard to figure out what era they're in. So, so part of the problem is one that the characters don't age. Two, the story doesn't. Follow a linear timeline. So when it tell it it tells the story from the perspective of three different characters: Geralt, Yennefer, and oh, what's the Siri. little girl's name? Siri. So it tells it tells the story of three characters, but it tells the story of those of each individual character not linearly. So it'll it'll tell like Geralt's story at one point, and then it'll go back in time and tell Geralt's story at another point, and then it'll go forward in time and tell Geralt's story at another point. <laughs> but the problem is is that not only is it time jumping in the individual ones each of their stories which intersect are all happening at in in different time periods so like i don't i'm not sure whose story actually takes place first is geralt's first or is yennefer's first chronologically uh yennefer's chronologically okay so chronologically yennefer's story takes first she's the oldest <sighs> Geralt's story takes place next and then Ciri's story takes place the third and, it, and it's just jumping around and it's like all over the place and I'm like what the what the fuck is going on my thoughts were and I, I believe I
1: also said this on the last episode that so when I sat down to watch this I did not know the video game I did not know the books so I made sure that I had nothing around me but the show and myself so that i wasn't like checking my phone to look stuff up because i wanted to get like i i would have been like yet like you know is she the person is she this hunchback thing she ends up becoming pretty later right because i just had that feeling because of you could tell the actress underneath all that makeup was good looking mm-hmm. so i was like you know why would they do that you know just little th- i would have looked that stuff up and again i was like it got to like episode four or maybe even later where i was like oh wait, those aren't flashbacks. This is like showing different time periods, like a lot of different time periods. Mm-hmm. So that I did think was a mistake. And then it's funny because if you look, if you go online, you do see people that are like super snobby. And it's like I really like that the show did this without any sort of, le- without letting you know that it did it. And I'm like no. Shut up with your snobbiness. Like I don't you're, need, I don't have wrong. time. To, I don't have time to go back and watch this shit. Just gi- give me something. Sapiatone. Some sort of notification. Some... Something else. Uh, Rob, what was the name of the dude with the beard that like was like uh his Geralt's friend? Um he had like a salt and pepper beard, and then I think he kinda hung out with Siri for a little while.
3: Oh, are you saying uh um Mousetrap or Mount ma- um Yeah, that guy. It's like a what the hell was his name? It was Mouse something. Mouse crack. Mouse crack.
0: Cause he was, was mouse the trap? the sorcerer.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so I was just wondering. Yeah, like there's a few things where like – I was like, wow, she got really good really quick. Because like they ha- – for Yennefer, for example, she's like a, a mage, right? hmm And they assign her to that world, to like that other – that city. And then all of a sudden, they cut to a scene where she's riding in a carriage with someone and protecting that person. And she's pretty adept at doing it. And the, the woman is like yelling at her like –
3: like she's been like doing, a servant
1: yeah treating her like a servant and like treating her like she's been doing it for a much longer time and i'm like didn't she just get assigned there like why is she all of a sudden with some sort of royalty or someone that looks like a a, a lady that or someone that's important
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's and I, like that's why i started getting confused i'm like is this just bad storytelling or is it oh no it's much later she's been there for a while but they don't let you know but the thing is that even with all of that confusion, it's actually pretty good. It's well crafted. So I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Um, apparently, this was based on a book, which I've said it was a book first, then a video game. Now it's a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally a short story, actually, uh, written in 1986. I don't know if you, if you knew that, but um, are you, Rob, are you, inter- I know both of you guys read fantasy books. Are you guys interested in maybe going back and reading the books? Possibly yeah, yeah I, I i wouldn't be opposed to that because they're actually done there's eight of them and the full mm-hmm. series is, has been completed and i know that that drives you nuts is it on audible i believe so yeah on Andrzej edge sapkowski uh the book series went from 1993 to 2013 i'm oh, sorry uh 2013 maybe yeah i think so i think they like did some re-releases in there like with the extra stuff but mm-hmm um the first game came out in 2007 it was weird i tried to figure out how many games there were i think there's three games but they've all been like remastered and whatever so it was and special stories attached to it so that was a little Mm -hmm. confusing Mm -hmm. um they said that the next season is going to be a little less confusing which i think is good um i would be interested to see if there's like a fan cut of this where someone like goes and cuts it up and makes it like be in the right order i think that would be kind of interesting i'm assuming you guys are both well you haven't finished uh it matt
0: no i'm on i just finished episode three yeah so i still got five more
1: and then i'm assuming you're in for season two rob oh yeah yeah I mean, it's pretty much right up your alley mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here because it first season is very well received i'm wondering like and you never know what's going to happen the next season like either it's they're going to get a, a handle of it or they're going to go completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. So like it could be a, an early season of game of Thrones type situation where it gets better every year for a while. Or it could be something like uh, true detective the last where, season of game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, yeah. True. I was thinking <laughs> true detective or season two was like, they tried way too hard. but um, there's one little thing that I thought was interesting. So the witcher itself, he's a monster hunter. If you guys haven't mm-hmm. seen it out there. Um, and people treat him almost as a bad guy because they're like, well, he does kill things. And there's a series of books it kind of reminded me of um, that not a lot of people know about. But there's a series of books called The Hangman's Daughter um, that takes place in the 1660s by Oliver Poch. And if you guys – it's less fantasy and more like true life. But The Hangman is – back in Germany and some of these Eastern European countries that like, we don't know a lot of their history here. Um, Mm -hmm. the hangman was, uh, like he took care of that, but he was also sort of like a doctor, um, and an investigator and a little bit of everything, but everyone hated him. So being like the hangman's daughter was kind of like not a good thing, but the series is, is very interesting. Um, and I highly suggest you can buy all like five books for like four bucks. And they're originally written in German, but they were translated. Um, And it's like kind of mysteries. And it really does remind me of this, just like going from town to town, you know, putting to death the people that need to put to death with and saving the lives of other people and kind of being like Mm -hmm. a a nursemaid and all that stuff. So if you're looking for something that like I randomly got the first book um, because it was like a Kindle Unlimited or a free Kindle. It was like my first Kindle book. I like I breezed through it and I was like, oh, this is really good. And then the guy kept on writing and whatever. So if you like the feel of The Witcher, but you don't want as much magic and dragons and stuff like that, um, check out The Hangman's Daughter. I know it's completely an aside, but okay. and you learn a lot. It's it's based. I think the guy that writes it is kind of a historian because you learn a whole lot about like that era and it's stuff that you like know nothing. Like I knew nothing about that era, like the 1660s in Germany. Like, like isn't that when like pretzels and beer steins were invented? Maybe, but probably, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's worth checking out. So Witcher guys, check it out. Rob and I liked it. Matt is currently liking it. And That's uh, up a lot of nudity. There's a lot of nudity going right now. You should see what he's wearing. Oh. <laughs> he's, a, he's showing the guns in his tank top. Not you, Rob. No. <laughs> so, you know, it's time for the question. And mm-hmm. since we have a guest here. Why don't you ask the question? All right. Today's
0: question is best Star Wars characters that didn't appear in any of the films.
1: So as you guys know, the Star Wars universe is very large. There are books. There are video games. There are comic books. There is role-playing games. There's a a video game that... Is this is actually one of the reasons I thought of this question? Is because I because Rob and I actually know Matt because of the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes video game. We were in a guild together Mm -hmm. before video game company Greed broke us up. Broke us up. So sad. It is. And there are of course characters in that that did not show up in the movies. So this is we had to kind of add a little addendum because. We I did seen and heard in the movies, so characters that actually arrive because there are characters that have been put in there as like Easter eggs and like statues and uh, props that you saw, and also voices that you heard. For example, Ahsoka, which we talked about, uh, she was a voice in this movie, so she spoke to Ray.
3: Yeah, but she did not really actually appear. And they movie. talk about Captain Syndulla in was it the last Jedi or was it the first one? I think it was the yeah, last Jedi. It was the
1: first one. Oh, was it the first one? Yeah, okay. it's it's in that it's in that shot where and you see Chopper in there. So technically, Chopper wouldn't count because Chopper was seen. But
3: <laughs> but it was but, also in Rogue One. But yeah. He was wow. but he wasn't heard. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So, as our guest,
1: give us your list.
0: All right, I have two honorable mentions. The first one Greg guilted me into, but the new and rising star of the entire Star Wars ser- franchise, Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my second
0: mm-hmm. honorable mention is Eli Vanto, which he is from the current Thrawn trilogy uh, book series, and he is Thrawn's right hand man, essentially.
1: Okay. I still got to read the rest of those. I've only read the first one.
0: That's uh, fantastic. So going into my top five, at number five, the Sith Apprentice Assassin slash sister Asajj Ventress. Ooh. Later turned bounty hunter.
1: And it, number, where did she turn bounty hunter? That I did not know. Uh,
0: it was during the Clone Wars. Um... After she, after Dooku broke off ties with her, she became a bounty hunter.
1: Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't want her coming after me. (laughs) Uh,
0: My number four is Revan. I'm going to go both light side and dark side. So the character all together. Mm -hmm. My number three is Ahsoka Tano. My number two is Darth Bane. And... Ooh. Ooh. He's the one that really set up the whole rule of two where we are currently in the universe. But Revan is actually the one who formulated it. Darth Bane, while questing for Sith knowledge, found a holocron from Darth Revan, where Revan talked about how the Sith has become weak due to everyone working together and how there should only be
1: two people. Shit just got real nerdy. Which I love. <laughs> like.
0: and then my number one, Papa Spurf himself, Thrawn. That's
1: me, such a great character. Me, he Thrawn really is. Boto. Thrawn would probably be such a fun character to write on the the scheming level of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, especially the art stuff. Like for those of you that don't know anything about Thrawn, check out his books. Check out the the what's the series? The um, oh shit, I forgot the name of the, the series that pretty much saved Star Wars for a while. Heir to the empire, heir to the throne. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I said series and I thought I said Siri. I did not say Siri. Um, earlier my phone tried to look up serial killers for some reason.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and your son's like, "What are serial killers, Daddy?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So the throne. I just think he'd be a great character, right? I'm gonna go now. Go for I, it. I'm, I'm throwing the baby Yoda in there as last because you know he's he's cute. He's done some things, but we're, I'm still waiting to see if the story goes before that character moves up. Uh, I went with a comic character, and that would be Doctor Afra, who is a, a character that was working with Darth Vader. So in the Darth Vader comics, which is canon by Marvel Comics, it's you know since Disney took it over, uh, Darth Vader is sort of uh, scheming behind the scenes behind the the scenes with Palpatine and, uh, Dr. Afra is a, I believe her, what she's described as is a, um, a criminal, a morally questionable criminal archeologist. And she's trying to find stuff for Vader. Uh, she has a really cool crew, including a, uh, a serial killer, uh, protocol droid who just very much enjoys killing everything. And, uh, She's a cool character, and then she ended up crossing Vader, and Vader was hunting her down. Uh, she's one of the few characters from the comics that, like, broke away from the main canon characters and got her own series. And just she's a good character. Uh, Revan, both, again, that's uh, dark and light. If you have not played, I only sort of played them with... Uh, the old, Knights, Knights Knight, the, old the old republic, Knights of the Old Republic. I always get that messed up because it's Kodor but like Knights K. Yeah, I, words. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. It's a really cool story. I think that they're probably going to delve into that in the next series of Star Wars movies, which I really hope they do. Number three, <laughs> she has red hair. She was once evil, and then Luke Skywalker turned her with his Jedi. Uh, we'll just say saber. <laughs> uh mara jade that was a cool character uh right hand man of thrawn right hand woman right hand well not thrawn palpatine no mara jade worked with thrawn didn't she? didn't she she worked with palpatine okay either way cool character um there's a really good series later on where um luke kind of tracks her down and uh there's a series of books that i uh I listened to while painting a bunch of rooms in my house. So it was very vivid because I had a lot of paint fumes. Uh, number two, Thrawn. Love Thrawn. Uh, as I said before, great character to write for. And my number one was actually Ahsoka. Um, I thought the character was really interesting. She was – start started off really kind of sort of fun-loving, and then things get dark later on because, of course, she is the, the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. So she sees – she's one of the people that knows – what happened where we kind of forget because we know it as viewers, but not everyone knows that Anakin is Vader and she's one of those people and looked up to him. And I did not, for a long time I thought of Ahsoka was like, it was a cool character and all. And I remember one time I went to celebration and they had like a full statue of Ahsoka. And I was like, it made me like happy to see that that character was up there next to like a Vader and a, and a uh, Luke Skywalker and all that. And I was like, this is a really good, well spelled out character. And the care and the uh, woman that is the voice of uh, Ahsoka, Ashley X-T and just totally lives the star Wars life. So that makes it even better for me. So Ahsoka is my favorite.
0: She also has her own book. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, and also a little tidbit, Ahsoka never got past the rank of Padawan because she denounced being a Jedi.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's like the whole fulcrum thing, and it was just it sh- these. All of these stories were like the Clone Wars animated series, the the Rebels animated series. Um, so if you want to follow that story,
3: there's there's rumors that there'll be a new animated series uh, uh, revolving around Ahsoka and Sabine. I look forward to that. I will watch that. Excellent, excellent.
1: excellent. I would love to see a live action Ahsoka movie. I really would.
3: Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll go ahead and give you my five. At at number five, actually, my number five is the exact same as Matt's number five, because I've got Asaz Ventress on there at number five. At number four, I actually put Ahsoka Tano. Oh. I'd like more stories involving Ahsoka. I'd like to see her on the big screen. I think she would make some very compelling storylines as well as very enjoyable movies. At number three, it, he he was kind of a side character, but I think he's interesting enough and and could probably carry his own movie if it was written right. And he was also the reason that Mara Jade was introduced to Luke Skywalker, and that's Talon Card. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would, I would love to see some more stuff about Talon Card. He was a a smuggler, took over a a giant smuggling empire, I guess, if you will, after its leader died or disappeared or whatever it was, um, but kind of held it all together and and took power and uh, yeah, it's just a it, really fascinating character to me. So Talon Card is my number three. My number two is going to be Thrawn because Thron is just such an interesting compelling character. I really love the storylines and the and the the strategy and the plots and the twists and everything that Thron just seems completely capable to plan out and map and be ready for. Just an unnatural ability to to anticipate, I guess is is if Thrawn had a super ability, it would be to anticipate his opponent's reactions. Well, he's a master strategist, and so he calculates right. every possible outcome. Right. And and determines the most probable and and is able to make plans. It's just absolutely amazing. And I'd love to see some movies and stuff based on Throne. But my number one, and I would love to see, I, we've kind of gotten the story already, but I'd love to see the story played out on the big screen because there's so much involved with it the rise the fall the redemption the rebirth and that has got to be what you guys have both already said his name I think you're thinking of somebody different but it's got to be Revan
0: oh I was thinking of someone different yeah, Who were you thinking of? Because you got super excited right there. I thought you were going to do Darth Maul, but then again, he was
1: in the first in the movie. Yeah, he's already been in a movie. Yeah. What was so, that? There was a uh, – yeah, uh, I'm surprised none of us picked whore. You guys what? know who whore is? No. H-O-A-R. Uh, he is a Tuscan Raider. I'm a whore. Yeah, he's a Tuscan Raider that appears as a character, a playable character in the game Star Wars: Masters of Taris Kazi, <laughs> and they named him mm-hmm. whore because that's basically what the Sand People say or the Tuscan Raiders say. But I'm surprised none of us picked him.
3: Whore, 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 whore. <laughs>
1: the entire movie and just whore <laughs> swinging his staff around
3: <laughs> like like the friggin' seagulls from from Finding Nemo. Yep. Whore, whore, oh, whore, whore, whore. whore. <laughs> so, so Revan would be my number one because that's that is a, that is a trilogy of movies in and of itself. Yeah, that needs to probably, happen. Probably more than that. I mean, just just the ascension, then the fall, then the the redemption. dark side Revan, then the redemption of Revan, all the Mandalorian yeah. stuff would be would a great tie-in you know mm-hmm. to the, how
1: how small the Mandalorian group is now. Which I thought would be pretty interesting. So, Good list. Well, I'm going to take us out of here. Do it. So up next, we are going to get back. We had to kind of cover a two large topics, so we did not do a, a terrible ridiculous movie this week. Next week, it is Rob's turn to host, so he will get to pick the terrible movie. I'm sure he does not have one in mind, but we'll figure that out. Ooh. So be aware. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook by, and yeah, by Facebook, searching for the Gimme 5 podcast. Give me 5 pod at yeah see i'm i haven't done this wrong well. at give me five pod on twitter and instagram you can email us give me five podcast at gmail.com we are working on a website there is like a a, a shell of one up it right now give five podcast.com it's not quite ready yet but feel free to go look um and uh if you want to buy stuff give me five dot libs or that's not it either i am terrible today Jesus. Give me five podcast. You can buy t shirts. You can buy all sorts of fun things. You could possibly buy a new host that knows how to read. That'd be nice. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All of this stuff is available at, like, to, if you are unable to decipher what I'm actually saying here, you can go to give me or give me five podcast.com, and these links will be available. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Matt, thanks for coming on. Was it everything you had
3: hoped it would be? Yes, it was. Nice. Same here. Excellent to have you. Thank you for filling in for Jimmy while he's ill.
1: Yeah, Jimmy is sick, so feel better, Jimmy. We didn't say that earlier. This is, we'll give you some verbal chicken soup. Jimmy, you you can be sick anytime you want. I'll come (laughs) place you anytime. Nice. Jimmy is definitely not chopped up in little pieces in a walk-in freezer in my garage. Not yet. Not yet. No, definitely not. So, thanks for listening, guys.
3: Do do the thing, Rob. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night. Yes.
0: Why did he leave it recording? I don't know.
3: <laughs> Greg just gave us the finger and walked out of the room. I haven't even done anything yet. Damn it, Greg.
0: All right, this is our one chance to say something about him before he comes back. He probably
2: had to go re and tape.